0: Tom Brokaw was the anchor and managing editor of the NBC Nightly News for 21 years. He's the author of the best-selling book, The Greatest Generation. His new book is Boom, Voices of the Sixties. Your book, Boom, from the very title of it, tells us that you think that the 60s were a time of monumental and explosive change.
1: Well, I don't think there's any question about that. Anybody who looked at it objectively, you, know, you take 1968 alone, we had two assassinations of two of our most prominent public people. Dr. King, Martin Luther King, and Bobby Kennedy. We had the riots in the streets of Chicago around the Democratic Convention, a sitting president forced to step down from within his own party. Uh, Vietnam with the Tet Offensive. Czechoslovakia was attempting to have some liberalization, and democracy was invaded by the Soviets. In the fall of that year, Richard Nixon, uh, who came back from the political dead, was elected president of the United States. And by the end of the year, we had made our first circumnavigation of moon with the uh, Apollo 8. Uh, Music had taken an entirely new direction in the country at the time. There was a lot of uh, satire, cynicism, and disaffection with most of the institutions that people had taken for granted in American life. All that happened in the 60s.
0: And and I'm interested in what you describe as the 60s because it's not the chronological 60s, is it?
1: No, I what I say is that the 60s really began I think with the assassination of John F Kennedy. It was a traumatic and terrible tragic event that uh really undid all the sense of security and innocence that came out of the 50s and it led to Lyndon Johnson who got us more involved in Vietnam, who had to step down, uh, brought back Richard Nixon. Uh young people began to push back hard against their parents and all that they represented, I think the end of the 60s was in the summer of 1974 when Richard Nixon was then forced to resign from office uh, after having dragged the country through the constitutional crisis known as Watergate.
0: The three assassinations that took place during the 1960s really turned the the those years into the what-if era because a yes. lot of people wondered what would have happened if these people had lived.
1: Well, unfortunately, uh, we have to deal with uh, what is, not what if. Uh, you can make all kinds of speculation. I don't think, in the case of Bobby Kennedy, let's take him as an example, that the Democratic Party would have become as deeply divided along some of social issues as it was. Uh, Dr. King would have been a continuing and important figure, but what people forget is that he was struggling toward the end with the poor people's campaign not going well. he'd gone to Memphis help the sanitation workers, it's impossible to know what John Kennedy would have done in Vietnam. I talked to his principal advisors, most of whom are now gone, and some of them were the architects of our very earliest uh, intervention in Vietnam, and they said, you know, we just don't know. If it had begun to turn against us more dramatically uh, after the assassination of uh, Jim, for example, would he have poured in more troops or would he have begun to try to find a way out of there? It's impossible to say.
0: It interests me that of the cities that you're touring to come to, Santa Cruz is, I believe, the smallest, yet it's a fairly interesting representation of a certain part of America. What brings you to Santa Cruz?
1: Well, I remember being at Santa Cruz, at UC Santa Cruz, in 1967, I guess, uh, after Ronald Reagan had been elected. There was a regents meeting there, and Santa Cruz was one of the epicenters of the counterculture movement in California. You had all these young people who were on the leading edge of of what was going on in the country, and they formed a kind of gauntlet for him to walk through. And his security was very unsettled by it. You had a lot of kids with long hair and and a lot of profanity in the air uh, yelling at him as he walked through about university issues. And you saw the two contrasts in America. Ronald Reagan, uh, from the heartland of the country, had been a movie star, ran as a very strong conservative voice, won overwhelmingly in California in that election in 1966. And then he goes on to the college campus, and he's cheered as if he's some kind of an alien force.
0: It was really interesting in your book, the way you point out that the 60s, though, we tend to associate them with the more liberal values. They really represented the triumph of the Opposite values.
1: Well, what happened? You know, people tend to uh, look at the '60s either a romantically or b one dimensionally. That's not the way to look at them. It was a very complex time. There were obviously lots of great things that came out of the '60s. We first began to address in a profound way racial inequality in this country. The rise of feminism. Uh, young people were encouraged to follow their dreams uh, wherever they took them, not to go just stand in line at some big corporation and become one more man in a gray flannel suit. Uh, There was great skepticism about the place of government in our lives. But there were consequences for the behavior as well. When the uh, anti-war movements went too far, they were more tactics than strategy, really. There was a rejection of that by the great silent majority, as uh, Pat Buchanan described them. There was a real rift in the country between the elites who were on the anti-war barricades mocking the policemen who came from working-class backgrounds or mocking those who went off to war or those who came home from war emotionally or physically damaged got a very hostile reception here. So it it really is much more of a collage than it is a black and white snapshot of the time.
0: In putting together this book, I... I'm wondering if you had a greatest generation moment in, in at the beginning of the greatest generation. You describe yourself on the beach in Normandy in 1984, in that kind of crystallization right. that led to the writing of that book. Was there a similar moment for this book?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. I think that they were more cumulative because I was I was living through it and reporting on it, and it's always stayed with me. There was. There was for me, at least, as someone who was in Chicago when that was going on, living in California, going from crew cut uh hair myself to long sideburns and hair over my ears, and a different kind of wardrobe, especially on weekends the music i was a I was a big aficionado of the cool jazz of the fifties, suddenly, the Beatles were around and the stones and Dylan and James Taylor and all these marvelous artists and and music made a profound change so it as much as anything it was kind of the accumulative effect i suppose on me and how we led our lives and then we were, i was raising daughters and the feminist movement came along and i had to you know we were thinking of new ways that you were going to be parenting and and opening up opportunities for them
0: as you started doing these interviews did some of the interviews that you did change some of the selections you made later on
1: well, I, I, I had a kind of a rough idea beginning, and then we would refine it as I went along. The rough idea was to deal with people that I had known or had made impressions on me across these five areas primarily, dealing with uh, Vietnam, with civil rights, with politics, with women, and with the culture. Uh, and I was not going to go back and tell the stories of people who told their own stories repeatedly. And then as we got deeper into the project, we would look for for other figures in one of those areas who could kind of flesh out, if you will, uh, what it is that we were trying to convey. Some of the interviews are longer, some of them are shorter. I'm always interested in in ordinary people who go through extraordinary circumstances and what their reaction is to the history that they have lived. And there are a number of those in this book, uh, the Coakley, uh, Tom, and Nellie. He lost a leg in Vietnam. They met at Walter Reed. Their lives now are partly dedicated to helping veterans come back from Iraq. Uh, Charlene Preacher, a young black woman from Jackson, Mississippi, who after the uh, Civil Rights Act of 1964 had opportunities that her parents could never have imagined. She's now a very prominent lawyer in Jackson. And her son is a, a real uh, academic star going to college at uh, Boston University. So it was those kinds of people that I was trying to to get back at, not just the familiar figures who were on the barricades at the time or who were demagoguing the changes that were going on.
0: Well, it helps to create a really thorough and, and, as you say, a complicated portrait of a very complicated time. And one of the things that I found really interesting is every page you read in this book makes you think of something that's happening right now. Right.
1: Well, I think we're living through an echo of the 60s at the moment. Uh, we have uh, great cultural debates going on. The presidential election in 2008 will consist almost entirely of baby boomers who were affected to one degree or another by what happened in the 60s. Obama is the exception to that, but he and he's talked about that. Uh, we are at war uh, and against an insurgency in a strange country in which the premises and the promises for the reason to go to war, have not held up, much as they did not during that time. Um, so, uh, you know, there are lots of uh, similarities. At the same time, one of the big differences is that there's no military draft. So for most of the population, the war is out of sight, out of mind. It doesn't affect them because they don't have to send their kids or worry about them going there. to a voluntary army, and uh, most of that voluntary army is made up of working-class kids from little towns that few people have heard of, and uh, that's a concern of mine. However much you hate the war, you must honor those families and and the warriors who are coming back, having served their country. They have volunteered for this duty for modest wages, and many of them are paying a very high price.
0: We've been speaking with Tom Brokaw. His new book is Boom, Voices of the Sixties. Thank you very much.
1: Okay, thank you.